when Phil and Gary and I get together, uh, we have lately, I'd say for about nine or ten months now, been trying to go through a chapter of the Master Plan of Evangelism by Robert Coleman. And they're very brief, but it's just sometimes we get to the end of the night and we either, well, I lost my book long ago. I've been counting. I've been cribbing from Gary now for months. But uh, sometimes we get to the end and we just don't want to take that 15 minutes because we've already been there the allotted time. But this master plan of evangelism is exactly what Jesus did. It portrays how Jesus did this tell and show. He taught his disciples, he modeled leadership for them, and then in the end, he cut them loose. He, he got them off his leg and he got them on their way. And then he says this, and this is interesting, I will guide you. But how is God guiding them? I will guide you with my eye. What does he mean when he says he will guide us with his eye? Let me tell you a story. Now, you know, I've said it often enough, I was in the Marine Corps, but you might not know my dad was in the Marine Corps. That's probably why I went in. But uh, I think one of the things that I was most enamored of when I was young is some of the stories he would tell. My dad really wasn't that talkative. And so sometimes, though, he would talk about his youth or his past, and he had this one story that I just loved, and it was when he was in boot camp. There were, uh, there were now you're in a platoon, and then there are multiple platoons in a company. And so they had all been told they were going to go see a movie. Oh, goody, goody. I mean, I didn't get to see a movie in boot camp. But so they got to see a movie. Well, it was a John Wayne World War II movie, Oorah, you know, where they take Iwo Jima. And yet, they marched them into this auditorium, and they left them standing at attention. And then the DIs, the three DIs, went down front and started playing poker. And they're just playing poker, playing poker, and periodically one of them would bark out an order. Eddie's. Was that my DI? Was that someone else's DI? You had to know. If you didn't know and you did the wrong thing, you were going to get in trouble for it. Now, my dad was very, very uh, Cheshire Cat-like when he was telling the story because his platoon never made a mistake. His platoon only obeyed their DI because they had one guy in their platoon that had ex- incredibly good ears, I guess, and they would all just do what he did. If he snapped two, they'd snap two. If he did not, they did not. And so they were the only ones that night that did not fail. And so their DI was very pleased with them at the end of the night. I don't know that they remembered the movie because this was just a test. That's what you learn in boot camp. Everything's a test. And so what they learned, though, was how to heed only the voice of their drill instructor. They learned to ignore the other drill instructor's voice. So now... How does that apply? Well, let's go to John 10, and I'll read a few verses here. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. So now, do you heed God's voice? Do you listen for God's voice? Do you follow another voice? Do you know? Do you care? 
Are you really attuned to God's voice and ignoring all of others? Because you will hear other voices. I've, I've heard other voices, people giving me counsel that isn't godly counsel, that isn't biblical. And so you have to challenge such people. Why are you saying this? You say you're a Christian. Where does that wisdom come from? It seems to fly in the face of Scripture. So this, though, I will guide you with my eye, goes even farther. Who is the servant who can understand his master's wishes without his master even beckoning, even saying anything? That is an attentive servant. That servant has so studied the master that they know what the master wants, even without saying a word. They've learned to understand how their master communicates to them, even with just their eyes. So see, God can communicate us to us like that. So are you attuned to not only hearing his voice, but to really knowing his will without even, without even realizing that you're doing it? Do you obey, do you sense God's presence, his rebuke, in just the circumstances of your daily life? When God says, I will guide you with my eye, that's the intimacy. That's the praying without ceasing that I mentioned earlier. That's where you are so in love with God, so walking with him in his presence, that you sense him, his presence with you. You're not having to seek him. He's with you. He's not somewhere else. He's right next to you. So see, do you walk with God that closely? Few do. We want to. But there's just so much that distracts us from this. So see, if you want to walk with God, you first have to begin to obey his voice. Recognize his voice. Only listen to it. Don't be pulled away. Only then, after you've mastered that, will you be guided by his eye. And see, that's exactly what he promises David. David, who has just given himself to him, declared himself to be, God, you, you are my hiding place. I love you. And yet, like I said, God is prying him off his leg and swatting him in the butt and getting him back out there, but saying, I will guide you. Trust me. Trust me in this. So now we may want to remain in the hiding place just like David did in a place of safety, but God knows where we should go. And we all should go where God wants us to go. You have to be attentive to God's direction in your life to do that. I can't tell you where you should go. I can tell you what obedience is from disobedience, yes. But yet God expects more of us. To obey is the basics. It's then that we use that obedience and marshal our lives for his glory, for his purpose. What will God have you to do today, this week, next month, next year? He wants you to have these goals in your life. It's not about survival. It's not about simply obeying. It's about walking with him to where he is guiding you with his presence. Jesus said, narrow is the gate and difficult is the way that leads to life. The wide path that we are often on, too often, the wide path that we see unbelieving friends and loved ones on, that's the simple path. Oh, sure, it leads to a lot of grief on this earth, but it's still a, it's still a simple path to be on. The harder path is to remain on the path of obedience, to train yourself to listen for God's voice and to obey. 
And so now as we come to the table, that's what we commit to do. That's the purpose of the table, is to remind us how God loves us, how he has given us Christ, how he has given us all things that are necessary for our godliness. And so we must avail ourselves of this and then use them to serve God and to glorify him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for your spirit. We thank you for the gift of Christ. Uh, Father, your word is so much more meaningful to us than anything else that this earth has produced. And so, Father, we pray that you would have us to uh, hold it in high esteem, and not in a sense that it is untouchable, but in a sense that it is used, well used in our lives. We thank you for it. We ask you now, Lord, to bless us as we come to the table. Thank you for Christ and his modeling for us, uh, doing this tell and show uh, for all of us to follow in his footsteps. We ask you to be with us now in Christ's name. Amen.